Well, hi everyone. Welcome to our Wednesday night Bible summary. We're looking at the life, living a life connected to Christ. And tonight we're going to look at a life of loyalty. The point of our study tonight is connection to Christ calls for consistent loyalty. Now, I've never met anybody named Judas. I don't know whether you have or not. And that's because Judas is probably the most famous or infamous betrayer in history. He didn't just betray anybody, folks. He betrayed God. Now, Judas may be an uncommon name, but betrayal is common in everyday life. And here in John 13, we'll encounter, we encounter Judas, but we also encounter the Lord Jesus. And we'll see his glory on display, even in such a heartbreaking situation. Jesus had gathered his closest followers together for what he knew was going to be his last evening before he was put to death. To everyone's surprise, Jesus washed their feet, told them to do likewise. He modeled true, humble service and commanded them to do the same. And then he revealed that one of them was going to betray him. Listen to John chapter 13, beginning in verse 21. When Jesus had thus said, he was troubled in his spirit and testified, saying, Verily, verily, I say unto you that one of you will betray me. Then the disciples looked one to another, doubting for whom he spoke. Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of the disciples who Jesus loved, Peter therefore beckoned to him and asked if he should know who it was that he spoke of. He then said to him, Lord, who is it? And Jesus said, It is he who I shall dip the sop. And when he had dipped it, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And after, the, after that, Satan entered him. Then Jesus said unto him, What you do, do quickly. You see, the discussion between Jesus and the disciples went from feet washing and servant leadership to the accusations of betrayal. Jesus said, somebody here is going to betray me. And the disciples wanted to know who in the world could that be. Clearly, they were confused. You know, if this had been a meeting today, you'd have seen everybody on their, on their cell phones texting one another. Who is it? Is it you? Is it so-and-so? Is it that person? Trying to figure out what was going on. In fact... Peter signals John and says, ask the Lord who that is. Someone in the room was disloyal. And Jesus dipped a piece of bread into the bowl, handed it to Simon, or to uh, Judas, and after Satan entered him, and that's interesting, after Satan entered him, Jesus dismissed Judas to carry out his betrayal. This is the only time in the Gospel of John that Satan is identified by his name. John clearly wanted every one of his readers to understand who it was that had instituted that betrayal. But he was not the only disciple in the room capable of turning on the one who had led them and loved them. Later on in the same chapter, Jesus told Peter he would betray him by denying him three times. Judas betrayed Jesus before his arrest. Peter denied him three times on the morning of his arrest, but it didn't stop there. At Jesus' arrest in Matthew 26, it says all the disciples forsook him and fled. 
All these things should help us understand that we don't have to be named Judas to be disloyal to the Lord. Since Jesus is who he says he is, and since he has done what the word says he has done, he's worthy of 100% of our hearts. How amazing is that? God, in human flesh, died for sinful human beings. Folks, that is worthy of our lives. Jesus is both fully God and fully man. That's why you can read the text when it says he was troubled in his spirit. That's his humanity showing. Jesus knew that Judas's betrayal would set in motion his walk toward Calvary. The whip, the thorns, the cross, the grave. How beautiful is it that Jesus, betrayed by his own disciples, still went to the cross. He went to the cross for them. He died for the disloyal. And folks, that includes you and me. So let's look for any betrayal hiding in our own hearts and remember the ultimate loyalty that Jesus has on our behalf. Now let's continue in John 13, verse 31. Therefore, when Judas is gone, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself, and shall straightway glorify him. Little children, yet for a little while I'm with you, you shall seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, where I go, you cannot go. So now, that's what I'm saying to you. Jesus says, I'm being glorified. It's as, Joe, it's as though Jesus is saying, now's the time. It's here. Judas had left, and things were definitely moving towards the events that would get the Lord Jesus to Calvary. God looked at this broken world, and he said, I got this. I got this. He's the only one powerful enough and glorious enough to do what needed to be done. And you know what? He did it. He would experience a tremendous amount of pain and grief and actual sin that was placed on him. But he did it, he did it out of love for us and for God's glory. The all-powerful, all-knowing God who created us sent his son to save us and restore us to who we should be. Jesus' work on our behalf is for God's glory. And when we follow the Lord and we live for his glory, we'll find fulfillment. We'll find purpose. We'll find pleasure. Amen? Now look at verse 34. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Folks, if you're looking for encouragement on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, don't look there. We live in a socially fractured society in a world. The world can be pretty mean. Just look on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, any of them. You can see how mean this world really is. But Jesus gave his followers a command to love. A new commandment, he said, I give unto you, that you love one another. This is the only time in John's gospel that Jesus uses the word new. It highlights the significance of his desire for his disciples to demonstrate love. Of course, love is not a new idea in the scripture. You look in the Old Testament, uh, 
Leviticus 19.18, love your neighbors yourself. Or Deuteronomy 6.5, you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and being. And Micah 6.8, O man, what is good? What does the Lord require of thee? To do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. But this time, God's command didn't come through a prophet. This time, God's command came through the vocal cords of His human voice. God, having left heaven to stand in this flesh, says, As I have loved you, love one another. God, in human form, was tortured, was killed, was raised for us because He loves us. And His children and followers now, we're to be the channel of His love. Letting His love flow through us into the lives of the brothers and sisters around us. Remember our point. Connection to Christ calls for consistent loyalty. We don't have to be named Judas to be disloyal to the Lord. So let's pray that we can live consistently devoted to Him because He has been consistently devoted to us. We can be loyal to Jesus as we stay very closely connected to Him. Amen? Well, that ends our Bible study summary. We trust the Lord will bless your heart through it. But you know what? Sunday's coming, and we're going to be continuing in uh, the whole armor of God. We're looking forward to a great day in the Lord. You know, folks, God is good all the time. See you in church.